Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast, Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about plan B. And what I mean is like a contingency plan. It turns out in the real world, things don't always go exactly as expected. The world isn't always rainbows and sunshine. I mean, for Kevin, it is. If you were Kevin, you'd just wake up and birds would be, you know, chirping, cigars would be smoking, beer would be drinking. And, you know, just glitter. And yeah, it's a beautiful day, you know. Um, It's always 70 degrees and everything is great. Well, that's not always the case. So, you know, basically what you need to kind of, as a prepper, right, we prepare. And I mean, to be honest, being a prepper, that really is plan B, right? Right. Like, we're already like, hey, the world might turn to shit. And I don't think that we're doom and gloom. I don't think we're, you know, people who are looking for the world to fail. I think we are taking a a practical approach. Um, You know, we're we're covering the downside. You know, you don't, you always have to have some kind of backup or you're kind of an idiot. Right. That's that's kind of how it works. I mean, shit, you go out to dinner if, you know, the restaurant's closed. Oh, shit, what are we going to do? You know, you you have a backup in your mind. Now, the backup may be, you know, hitting McDonald's on the way home, or it might be that you have to go home and eat the can of tuna fish that you have there. But hopefully, you don't just have ketchup packets in your refrigerator. I mean, that's, you know. That's what you do. You plan a little bit, right? You don't wait to go to the grocery store until you have zero food items in your house. Mm -hmm. 
and then be like, oh shit, you know? So that that's the kind of thing that, that I'm talking about. Um, now, first, I'm excited. We actually have a uh, new sponsor. All right. You know, we've had some sponsors here and there throughout the years. And one of the things that that is always like a plan B contingency for me is having enough ammo. Um, and I shoot through some ammo, right? So I'll freaking, you know, I'll, I'll drop a thousand rounds in a weekend. Right. And cause you know, I might have my buddies over and you know, everyone will cringe right now, but you know, maybe we'll drink some beers. And oh some no, beers, you'd right? never sound? mix alcohol and <laughs> firearms. Chuck, come on. Train like you fight. <laughs> Train like you fight. Um, so anyway, I didn't necessarily say that those two things happen at the same time. Um, I actually just read a story on the internet of, uh, it, it was like, it was a YouTube video actually, but with, uh, it said army Rangers versus the Crips. Okay. And they were like, what would happen? Apparently that happened in real life. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but I'm just saying they had a barbecue with beers and fought the Crips, you know? Yeah. So you do, you, that's how you do it. So anyway, you're like, well, Chuck, you haven't even told us who this sponsor is. Hold your breath. Ammoseek.com. So you guys know that ammo has been hard to find. It's been expensive and it's finally coming back around where I can almost afford to shoot my guns again. Yeah. You know, the problem the is, is the problem with, with ammo lately though, is, is that it's, like you said, it's hard to find and the price has been high, but also it's, it's hit and miss. You know what I mean? At places that I might normally go for something, you know, their, their shelf might be empty of the, the specific type I'm looking for. And, uh, you know, this is kind of a, yeah, one of the things for me is is 300 blackout. It's not everywhere. It's hard to find. Um, I just went on Ammo Seek. They have tons of 300 blackout and for reasonable prices. It wasn't Now, Ammo Seek isn't the seller. They're uh they're um they're basically a search engine that's going to get you straight on where to go for, you know, what you want, right? They're going to show you all the different prices, who's got it, and do they charge shipping. That's a big thing, right? Because the shipping is going to affect your cost per round, right? That makes a big difference to me. I don't know. So they sort it all out. These are all websites. The cool thing is they actually have a list of their retailers of all the sites they have. And then people from AmmoSeek, like customers, go and rate the different sellers. So you can say, all right, I'm willing to take the risk for that price. These are the reviews I'm reading. It's somebody I'm willing to take a chance on. Plus their site has a lot of freaking coupons, which makes things awesome. Yeah, it's also really user-friendly, very easy to use and very easy to find what you're looking for. You know, a lot of them are all like pictures and nonsense. This is kind of like your old school no BS, just lay it out. Look, here's your price. Here's who's selling it. Here's type of ammo it is, you know, the grain, the caliber, the whole deal. And then here's what shipping is. Here's your dollar per round. You can separate. You can say, hey, I only want you to show me ones with brass casings, right? 
sometimes you have to weed through, you know, Russian wolf ammo or Tula or whatever. You go through all those before you even get to anything good. And, you know, maybe steel case cheap ammo that you can throw down range through a tired old gun is what you're looking for. You know, maybe you're like, hey, I wish ammo was 30 cents around. Guess what? It can be. Right. You know, that's the beauty. You get to decide what you want. You put in your search parameters and you make it happen. So I'm just saying ammoseek.com. I'll put it on the uh, Facebook. I'll put it in the show notes. And I don't think it's that hard to remember, honestly. And I bet a lot of you guys have been there. But I would actually like to remind you, check it out. Because it turns out they got a lot of good deals right now going on. And ammo's coming down. You know, it's time to uh, get out and make your dreams come true. So moving right along, what other kind of things might happen that might throw you a curveball, Kevin? Um, I know if you, I was just reading uh, on Facebook uh, this morning, one of the, the people had, uh, uh, it, it was in a, um, shoot, a uh, like a self-help motivation kind of group that I follow. Uh-huh. And they, uh, the girl's like, yeah, you know, I'm always super motivated and doing stuff. I was writing a book. I was building a website course and doing all this. And then I came home and my house burned down. And they kind of lost everything. And they were like, you know, everybody, my family, friends, whatever, we have somewhere to stay. The insurance is working it out. But I got to make a list of everything, you know, my entire life. And she was like, it's so crippling and devastating that she was like, I can't. She's like, I'm about to put my book out and I'm afraid to do it because I'm afraid of what will go wrong and how I can get hurt. Right. And she's like, and I was such a motivated person before, and now I'm like gun shy. Because when you get a devastating blow, it can really cripple you. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the things, you know. It you don't if you don't prepare or consider possibilities, you can really get blindsided by uh, you know what comes. Right. And that's kind of what this you know th- this one episode, but you know, kind of what the podcast is all about is having you consider things and realize you can kind of make it through anything. You know, it's the, it's the right attitude. It's approaching things, you know, with a way, you know, you just keep going till you're dead. Right. You know, it's, but let's find a way to make it work. You know, you're, I know if, if I died, right. I wouldn't want my family, my kids, my wife to, be like, oh, this is so sad. I can't go on life so hard without him. I'd want him to be like, shit, he's gone. I'm going to freaking go kick ass and do my thing, you know? And yeah, you want to be appreciated and loved, but I don't need to be loved when I'm gone, you know? it's You want the best for your family, right? Isn't that what we all want? Mm. We want them to have the best things in life. And you got to keep freaking going on. You got to keep fighting. So, Kevin, what kind of things might might catch you off guard? Well, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of people underestimate is the the low-level natural natural disasters. One of the things I'm used to up here is that a couple of times every winter, the power is going to go out. Um, you know, and most people in this area have, you know, have power that's that's basically runs off the you know, off the electricity. 
uh, whether it's electric heating or you know your your furnace takes an electric uh, you know an electric charge to to start up um, your hot water heater all that sort of stuff um, it can be you know when it's 20 degrees out it gets cold real fast in your house if you don't have have some sort of a plan already um, but that goes for a lot of things you know if you're in new or you know if you live in New Orleans and there's a category five hurricane coming you need to be prepared to to get out of there um you know so so those natural disasters that that occur occasionally um need to be you need to have a backup plan tornadoes come through uh the midwest and and tear up houses all the time and you might have lived in the north you know in the midwest for for 20 years and never even seen a tornado that doesn't mean that you're immune from it um, the same thing, you know, the same thing in California with earthquakes. You have earthquakes all the time. Most of them are, you know, lower level and, you know, they shake for a few minutes and then life goes back to normal. Uh, but every once in a while, they get one of the serious earthquakes out there that really causes some some damage. Uh, a lot of these basic natural disasters that we hear about and that we think about occasionally eventually happen to you and have a basic plan to cover your electricity, uh, to cover your heating, um, to cover your your medical, if you if you know an ambulance isn't able to get to your house immediately, um, you know those are the sorts of things that that preppers should be getting ready for, and I think a lot of preppers uh, have this doomsday mindset where they're preparing for the end of the world, but really what what the main thing you should be prepping for are these basic three or four day emergencies where you're going to be out of power, where you're not going to be able to have access. You might not even be able to get to the grocery store, let alone, you know, the grocery store shelves being empty. You know, your your car might not be able to get down the road. Uh, last week, we had a big rainstorm and we have great uh, drainage here, but uh, one of the drainage pipes clogged up and the road was, uh, the road heading out of my community was, you know, about six inches deep in water. And it's not a big deal. You know, you can drive through that, but really not something you want to have to drive through if you don't want to. You don't know what's under that water. You know, the road could have been washed out or, you know, you might end up getting halfway through there and realizing that your tire sunk in something and you're not going anywhere anymore. Um, some of these basic disasters that can last two or three days are really the most likely events to happen. And that's that's something that these backup plans, um, these are the, some of the things that you should be thinking of, uh, thinking about short term um now let's let's talk real quick about power failures uh two or three days without power it's usually not a big deal uh you can survive but uh what about all the meat you have in your freezer do you have a plan for this are you going to eat a whole side of beef or do you have a generator you know ready to go um are you going to be able to, you know, obviously you're not going to be using any power tools, but if you're going to be doing any work, do you have hand tools? Do you know how to drive a nail? Do you know how to use a handsaw? Um, those are some basic skills that a lot of, I feel like a lot of people forget about when it's so easy to run an extension cord in the backyard. Um, you know, you can just run down, you run out of uh, gas for your chainsaw, just run down to the, the gas station up the street. But what if you can't get up the street for a few days? And, uh, you know, you have a couple of trees in, in your in your yard here. Um, do you have backup fuel? Do you have a backup chainsaw? Do you have a backup chain? 
Uh, a lot of these things are, uh, you know, they, you don't think about it until it's a problem. You know, when you get in that emergency, you say, oh, shit, I wish I had an extra chain because this one's uh, this one's dull and it's not really doing anything. And so I think preparing for a lot of those sort, sorts of situations is is kind of a prepper go to when it comes to, um, you know, having two of something, having two of everything. Why not have two of everything? Why buy one when you can get two for just double the price, you know? Uh, but that is a limiting factor that a lot of people have. You know, are you going to spend the extra $20 for a chainsaw blade when the one you have on your chainsaw is working just fine right now? Um, are you going to worry about, you know, stocking up on on canned goods when you have a freezer full of meat? Are you going to worry about, you know, a lot of these things that you might not think of might become a serious emergency and that $30 plan could have saved you a lot of headaches well that's i mean to be honest like the initial outlay like you can't wake up in the morning and be like hey i'm just gonna buy double everything from now on right well turns out that that might actually cost you twice as much as you're spending and so you realize like hey maybe that's not possible well what if all right you know what uh I have a little extra money in my pocket this week. And instead of buying nonsense, um, when the lawnmower belt broke, I buy two. And then I have one on the shelf. And so now when the next one breaks, I just have to buy one, but I have one to go immediately. Right. Now I know that the lawnmower isn't the big crisis, right? You know, it's like, oh God, the grass is high. But damn, how easy is it that when my lawnmower belt broke the other day, I jump off. I go in the barn, grab a, a belt and throw it back on and I'm rolling 10 minutes later. You know, that's, that's the difference. It just ends up making your life flow more smoothly. And, you know, people talk about as you go through life, right? When you get like, like right now, all right, things are getting away from us. Um, when we get raises at work or, or a little bump, inflation is coming so fast and so hard that you kind of need that money, right? Like you are ready just to make your budget work the way it was working six months ago. You kind of need that raise. Right. But it used to be kind of the mindset that, hey, live within your means. You know, now you got a better job. You're living a little better. How about you save that little bit of extra? That's when you can be buying these extra items. You know, you kind of plan and set things up for the future. You know, your plan B. You know, how many times as a kid do we hear, oh, you got to save for your retirement. You know, you won't even notice it if you take 10% of your paycheck and put it aside. And we're all like, yeah, but I'll be making more money later. So I'll worry about it then. Right. Um, it'll be so much easier when I'm making a hundred grand a year, or, you know, whatever fantasy that people have. But you need to kind of take into the, the reality, the right now and start to make those changes you don't have to do it right away but you need to start implementing you don't need to go full-on you know crazy like me and kevin um it's funny we had a, a listener send us an email this week about three or four days ago uh tim and i've been nagging kevin to write this guy back but you know kevin's kind of a tool like that so he hasn't but tim lives in the desert and he's been listening to the podcast right and he's like, you know what? 
I got tired of hearing you guys bitch about water and everything like that and realized I'm not going to be a jackass to my family. And he set up a 150-gallon water supply, basically. Mm -hmm. I mean, basically, the way it looked, I, I don't know all the details. He did send some pictures. But the way it looked, he's probably running his water through a 150-gallon, you know, three tanks that are 55 gallons or whatever. Right. And stacking it up. So he's always got a fresh water supply and he's got a water supply that'll last. Well, it turns out if you live in the desert, this is something you should be thinking about as a prepper. But so many people just fall short on these things. They're like, ah, yeah, but it probably won't happen because it hasn't happened to me before. And, and that's the thing. We get complacent and, you know, well, gas has never been 20 bucks a gallon before or 10 bucks a gallon. You know, well, one day it might be 10 bucks a gallon when you drive. Yeah, by it might pump, be next week, you know, and it might be next week. You know, if my, uh, my gas station's crazy. I, I don't even know if I mentioned this last week or not, but I drive by and it said $9 and something on the sign. Now it was only four ninety or whatever, four thirty. I don't know, but it said $9. You know what? I was like, I believe it. You know, I just didn't even like bat an eye at it. I was like, yeah, that sounds right. You know, because guess what? That shit can happen. It's real. You know, um, maybe that's not going to be what it is. But maybe beef and chicken are getting so hard to process that all of a sudden they're seven, eight dollars a pound. And it, I was just talking to a guy, my wife, uh, goes to a, a farmer's market and sells a lot of the produce and flowers and stuff that we sell or that we, we grow here. And she's over there right now. And I was talking to uh, the guy that we get beef and, and chicken from. And he's like, yeah, a buddy of mine just asked me to help him process his chickens. And another chicken seller is like, yeah, what do you charge for that? What do we do? Dude. He's like, yeah, I told him, he goes, I didn't want to do it. So I told him six bucks a chicken just to process it. Right. And the guy was like, great. That's the best deal I heard. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I was driving a hundred miles to get somebody to process my chickens because I can't find anyone. And he goes, and now $6 is better than what he's offering. Mm -hmm. And the guy's like, shit, I charge too little. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, the, that's the insane world we live in right now. And, you know, so my point is not that it costs $6 to process a chicken. My point is chicken is getting more and more expensive and you need to cover the downside. Um, you know, I was just reading uh, I, one of the groups I follow on Facebook is uh, rabbits. I think it's like rabbits for sustenance and shit or some, something like that. And uh, I, I think literally though that's the name. But anyway, so the point is ladies like, yeah, do, uh, dog food is over a dollar a pound and I can do rabbit meat for way less. She's like, I'm freaking feeding my family and the dogs. The dogs are getting fresh rabbit meat as opposed to, right. you know, the dog food from the store, which is insane that that's actually more cost efficient. Um, I kind of was curious if, well, how much are you paying for rabbit feed? You know, I mm -hmm. kind of wanted to get in there. Like, is there really? Yeah, well, a... I mean, if you if you but... raise your, your rabbits properly, uh, really, they, they should be self-sustaining. If they have a big enough area, you know, 
but it is one of those things. Uh, you know, a lot of people talk about chickens, talk about, talk about, uh, you know, ducks and goats and all, all sorts of stuff. But that is something they take into consideration. How much are you spending to produce that meat? How much are you spending per pound just to feed those animals? And if you have a big area, it might be almost nothing, you know? Uh, but if you have a small penned in area, you know, you, you have predators and you don't want them getting at your chickens and you want to keep them penned in all day, you know, it can be a little bit expensive to maintain those chickens. Um, right. But it is one of those situations where you have to think about um, having a backup plan when you go to the, the feed store and there's no rabbit feed. I know there's, there was a, a, one, of the, one of the forums I was on the other day. Uh, somebody had mentioned about you know raising rabbits and and it was just comment after comment about rabbit starvation and blah blah blah. And you can't just eat. Well, you're, we're not talking about just eating rabbit. You know, we're not you know we're not in the wilderness no. and the only thing we could catch is rabbit after rabbit. Well, and now we're gonna here's, die. Here's the beauty: is right. Here's the beauty: when you have nothing else and rabbits, it rabbit sounds better than eating zero. But I assume that we're not at the point that we have nothing else. Right. Turns out you can grow like lettuce and carrots and all kinds of shit. Just right out there in your yard. Rabbits. Turns out it just grows right right in the grass next to your house. And, you know, I got to say, if you get creative and you watch a little YouTube, it turns out that people with these like little patios in New York City and shit, which... I don't even know who can afford to have a patio in New York City, but yeah. just the same, people with little patios are growing like tons of freaking fresh food. Turns out you can actually grow in very, very small spaces if you get a little creative. Um, and those of you with bigger yards, I mean, if you have a 50 by 50 backyard, you can grow some serious food. Um, you don't need acres of land if you're just worried about taking care of your family. Um, but that's the thing. People really need to start thinking about their own food supply, about getting their own stuff on their property that they're producing. And, you know, even better if you can find stuff to trade with your neighbors and get people doing the same thing. I mean, that's one of the big things I love about my wife doing this farmer's market is I meet all these people who are growing and doing all the, you know, same things. And, we're able to, you know, get meat from them. They get vegetables and flowers from us and we get vegetables from other guys and we sell eggs to other people and, you know, that kind of thing. It's pretty awesome. You know, it's great to be able to network and, you know, share with each other and have a local source. You know, that's the thing. When the meat and the chicken supply runs out, turns out people are going to eggs for their protein. Mm -hmm. um, and, I have the local guy who's, you know, growing the cows and, and doing the business. So, you know, that's something to think about. Yeah. Now, do you want to you want to talk a little bit about bugging out? I know we had a whole podcast about why you should not bug out. But if we're talking about plan B's, if we're pl talking about backup plans, uh, it is something we should talk about. Now, um, hypothetically you don't want to be in a situation where you have to bug out right this second, grab your bag and get in the car and go. You want to have, you know, it's great to have a, a bug out bag and I a hundred percent support anybody, you know, getting a bug out bag together. I got mine and, and 
I'm all set and I think it's a great idea to have at your house. But you want to be able to plan a little bit. You know, hopefully you have a few hours where you can open up your bug out bag and look in there. You know, um, yeah, maybe your bug out bag that you have sitting in your basement or in your closet that just sits there, you know, year after year, month after month at least. Uh, you might want to freshen up that food that's in there if you have a chance. You know, you might want to, you know, pack a couple extra bottles of water that that you didn't have in there already. Um, you might have a water filter, but you might want to grab a couple of the things that that you know you really are going to need on a long term situation. But more importantly, where are you going? Where's where are you planning on bugging out to? Do you have a location in mind? You know, is it your uncle's house that, you know, lives 100 miles out of the city? Uh, are you just planning on going to the woods? Because let me tell you something, that's not a great idea. Just going to the woods because a lot of people are just going to the woods. Um, you really need to yeah, have Yeah, but what if I just go to the of, woods but a little bit farther? Right. Well, a little bit, a little further. bit farther. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things is you might want to have – uh, connection with another person. You know, if things go bad over there. You come here. If things go bad here, I'm going to yeah. go over there. And I don't, I'm not talking about your neighbor, the guy that lives across the street. I mean, you know, somebody that's a good distance away that can get you out of harm's way. You know, if you're going to bug out, you're going to want to bug out. You're going to want to be getting out of the area. Uh, if, if there's a, a forest fire that's coming towards your house, you don't want to go you know, three blocks down the street. You want to be out. You want to bug out of that area. Um, and that's really something to think about when you're, you know, uh, you've got an emergency coming. You've got your bags packed. You've got a full, co- you know, tank of gas. You're getting in your car. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go to? You know, maybe it's even just a, a hotel that's not not close by. But you're going to want to get to a, have a secondary location where you're planning on going to because you know, guess what? If you're bugging out, probably a lot of people in your area are, are bugging out too. I know that it was a real situation um, during that hurricane, uh, Hurricane Katrina down down in New Orleans. You know, it wasn't, you couldn't just go, you know, 20 miles and find a hotel room because everybody did that. You want to have a better plan than right. everybody around you. Go 30 miles. <laughs> there you go. 30 miles is going to get you. See? I'm one up in them every time. Now, when we talk about uh, bugging out, one of the things I like to I like to think about, you know, and I I do this myself, and and maybe I'm not, maybe I don't have the best hidden cachet out there, but no. hidden cachet is definitely something that you wanna you wanna think about. Um, and a hidden cachet, the idea is it's hidden. The idea is that somebody else isn't going to stumble across across it and take it. Um, now we've talked about this a few times about how to how to set up a hidden cache, and there's a lot of ways to do it. You know, go back and listen to our podcast. But you know, if it's if it's a you know a, a eight inch pipe, you know PVC pipe with caps on it that's you know ten feet long. If it's a you know a a cooler that you have, you know buried some you know partially underground with a, in a trash bag, you know, something like that, that's going to keep it watertight and keep it clean. But you also want the items in yeah. your cache to be sealed up well on their own. 
Um, I'm protected. Yeah, and right. you don't want to have your hidden cache 20 feet from your house, obviously. The idea is that it's someplace that you can access that's not right by your house. So it's something to keep in right. mind, and it's, it's a great idea. You can do it very inexpensive, and when it comes down to it, you might need an extra pair of gloves, a hat, and you know a couple of cans of food right. that might come in very handy. Um, it turns out with the uh, current administration we have in the White House and the current ATF that if you're listening to the Survival and Basic Badass podcast at any minute, you know, armed freaking, uh, you know, jackbooted thugs might kick in your door and come take all your guns. And they'll be like, well, we don't have any reason to arrest you or anything. We just want all your guns because, you know, you're yeah. crazy. And if you did and listen to last week's so podcast, if, that happens, if you did listen to last week po- week's podcast, you know, hopefully they won't just be kicking in your door. They're going to be kicking and kicking and kicking and you're going to have time to, uh, you know, get your shit together before they come in. At least put some pants on, you know, shit. Exactly. So I'm just saying if all your guns weren't in the same place maybe half of your guns were buried under your pond mm-hmm. then you would have a fallback go-to right right um those of you who've been listening to the show for a long time know about the buried under the pond gun situation so mm-hmm. i don't know but yeah you'd want to get saying that's on the table the specifics about it but uh you know the idea of having your your stuff backed up in another, in an extra place. And we talk about, we were talking about that a few minutes ago. Why buy one when you can buy two? You know, I know that not everybody listens to this podcast as a gun nut, but most of you are. Yeah, they are. (laughs) You are. Come on. MOSeek.com. Come on. You know, fill up those supplies. You know what I'm talking about, but all right. So here's the thing. What about your long-term food storage, right? Maybe you went on like My Patriot Supply or or Wise Food Storage or any of these guys, right? And you bought all this surplus, you know, food and you're ready to go. Then you uh, end up like building up the big supply and the government's like, hey, you know, we're in a crisis. There's a food shortage and... We need stuff for our FEMA camps and you know who stores food? Look, we have a list of all the people and we broke it up by region and we can go kick in their door and take their long-term food storage. And if you think that that, if you think that that couldn't happen, remember that's legal. That is legal for the government to do. Right. There is a law about into the law, right? They could do that. Now, why would they do that? Why would they write a law unless they were like, well, yeah, we might want to do that. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that isn't something you just on a whim. You know what we should do? We should also put this in there. Mm -hmm. Hey, look, we can go kick in the door and go take their shit. Um, yeah. Why would you put that in there? No reason. Like we don't ever plan on that would be, that never happened. If you thought that you're freaking crazy. Why would the government do that? Well, I, I don't know. Why'd you put it in the law? Well, no reason yeah, exactly so i'm just saying maybe don't store all your shit in the same spot that, that's all i'm saying mm-hmm. and maybe make one a little bit harder to find than the right, other one right you know you got to have something to yeah. get them. 
Like if they kick in my door and I don't have a gun to hand them, they're going to be like, dude, really? 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 Come on. I, I saw that don't tread on me or, or the no quarter flag in your front lawn. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I, I'm not buying it. And they're like, I can't help but notice there's one on your hip right now. Um, perhaps you might have another one. All right. I do have two guns. Right. But but the rest are buried under the pond. Mm-hmm. So, you know. They said, you know, they were in my boat and the boat sank. I don't know what to tell you, guy. Um, let's let's talk about uh, some other types of backup plans. Um, building yeah. relationships. Uh you know, if if you're on a first name basis with the guy at the the gun shop and and you know the the neighbor down the street that's a little bit crazy that has you know three pickup trucks and you know two of them look like they might have run at one point, you know he's got an old backhoe in the backyard. You might want to have relationships Wait, with I- some of the people that that might be able to help out in a situation, and some of the people that you might be able to ha- help out in that sort of situation. Having relationships with people that are capable and competent is a smart idea. It's funny. I'm reading a, a audio or listening to an audio book right now, and they're talking about uh, one of the guys is like a uh, supposed to be a, a former ranger. And he, he left the military because he didn't want to get the uh, jab or whatever. And, you know, that kind of thing. So they booted his ass out. It's a fiction novel. Anyway, those of you who don't know, um, Army Rangers actually do a lot of uh, training of foreign people and that kind of thing. They go in and they set up people to, you know, be able to fight their own wars, you know, go help the Afghanis and the different people kind of build their own militia. And Rangers are great at going in and getting people organized and getting them straight. So anyway, point is in the audiobook, the guy's like, you know, uh, immediately hooks up with like a former uh, convicted felon and whatever. And the guy's just got connections with kind of everything. Oh, you need an illegal gun. Oh, you need this. Oh, you need that. Um, I, I know where to get that. You know, um, they end up like banning meat that it wasn't um, the animals didn't live, you know, several years before they slaughtered them, you know, because it's good for the planet if we let the inmate you know, get close to nature, that kind of shit. Anyway, point is, guys like, oh, I know where I can get you some, whatever. The whole thing is everybody's like, oh, you can't deal with criminals. You can't deal with bad people because that's wrong. Well, knowing people that can kind of work in the shadows a little bit, I'm not saying people who would steal from you and that are thugs and whatever, no. But I'm saying people who are willing to bend the laws a little bit maybe aren't such bad people to know. Um, people who I like to call resourceful. Mm-hmm. There you um, go. I, I think you're the honest answer is I think you're a scumbag. If you go and take somebody else's shit, I think that's fucked up. Um, but to be honest, that's why I have a big problem with our government and a lot of laws <laughs> because I don't like people who go and take people's shit. Right. And that's kind of my point. Those who are willing to be like, yeah, fuck you to the government who kind of is trying to oppress me. I don't really have a problem with you kind of, hey, you know, I I go and trade beef with my neighbor and they give me other stuff. And somehow we keep the government out of that transaction. Did you know you're supposed to pay taxes on that? Technically, right. Right. That's technically illegal. Yeah. And I got to say, 
that guy who's willing to work outside the box a little bit, I don't necessarily criticize him. I personally always pay taxes and do everything on the up and up. If I go over and help my friend with the truck, I give him an invoice and I'm like, look, I gave you this for a free labor, but I expect you to, you know, pay the equivalent pay the value. Because, yeah. The equivalent you know, value yeah. in taxes. I, I gave you, you know, five, five, uh, five uh, hours of work here. And, you know, I'll take off for the seven or 15 beers you mm. gave me. But, you know, aside of that, I, I think the difference the government needs to get theirs. I always make sure that happens. Right. 100%. But I'm just Absolutely. saying other yeah. people, I wouldn't, you know, have a problem if they did that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just saying. So knowing people who work in the gray, like I said, are maybe not such a bad thing. But if you steal from people and take their shit, that's fucked up and you're wrong. Yeah. So However, out there. I would say that in several places I've lived, I've had my own uh, my own crackhead. Because if you ever need something and you can't find it, that crackhead is resourceful. He'll find it. And yeah. he'll have it back He's by the that afternoon. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they work. They'll work for that $10. You know, they'll work for it, man. Um. So you touched on this a second ago. <laughs> you touched on this a second ago, but barter and trade is another thing. Now, you might not be somebody that ever drinks alcohol. You might not uh, use tobacco. Um, you might not, you know, have any vices at all. But that doesn't mean that everybody around you is in the same situation. Uh, a bottle of whiskey can be very valuable talking to the right person if they can't access one from, you know, from a store. Um, a carton of cigarettes might go a long way with the right person when it comes to trading. Um, and we talked about ammo. I think, I think generally speaking, when we talk about barter and trade, what we talk about is, is, is ammo. There's ammo that's valuable and there's ammo that's, um, that's more expensive and less likely to be needed. You know, when it comes to trading ammo, I think the best mm. the best stuff to have a, a stockpile of is is nine millimeter, um, maybe five five six and and uh, twenty two. Uh, you know, it's just very common. You know, common types that a lot of right. people have, and even and, if you and don't then have, you could default to seven six two right. and three hundred blackout. <laughs> but you're right, twenty two and five five six and nine mm -hmm. are the go to. Yeah, so even if you don't have weapons that have those calibers, if you see a good deal on uh, ammo seek, you might want to pick up some twenty twos. You know, you might want to pick up. And some if you'd rather just turn it back into cash, right? Then just call me. We'll work <laughs> we can work something right. out. <laughs> we can work something out. You know, you're like, wait, but now steaks are twenty dollars. I shouldn't have spent that hundred on ammo. Come see me. We'll mm -hmm. work something out. We can, we can make a trade, you know, when it comes to barter and trade. And I know that, you know, for a fact, a lot of people, including myself at the beginning of the pandemic, did a little bit of bartering and trading with, uh, you know, with neighbors, people what? that might not be growing their own vegetables, but do have something else that I'm looking for. You know, maybe you, what would you be looking for, Kevin? Maybe like, you want some fresh vegetables and I need to wipe my butt and I can't find toilet paper anywhere. Oh, oh, toilet you know? paper is what we're I'm out here about. in okay. like a dumbass in the backyard with the garden hose and uh, I could just be wiping my butt like a king, you know, like a doctor, just cleaning, clean butthole. But, you know, that's, 
obviously, fresh. <laughs> obviously I'm exaggerating a little bit, but there are some things out there that you might not have, you might not be able to access, and you might have, you know, some things that your neighbors want. And, um, you know, relying on the charity of, of others is never a good, a good fallback plan. Uh, but if you can make Did some I trades, I have a no quarter, a no But when it comes down to it, I mean, having having some good barter skills and some some items to barter is definitely a, a great idea. And, you know, if you have a bottle of whiskey and you maybe open it up and have a couple of sips and and close it back up, that half a bottle of whiskey will sit on your shelf and be just fine for the next hundred years without any problem. It's not going to go bad. You know, you don't Kevin, have to worry about cracking the seal on it. If I took a shot or two and then gave it to you, that you'd be okay with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I'm I'm all right with that because the, the alcohol cleans the germs. You know what I mean? You could drink right out of the bottle. I, I don't give say, a shit. I gotta say, I was looking, I was looking for some trade items, and I gotta say, compared to New York, alcohol is very cheap where I live. Is it? Um, turns out in the South, we take care of our own, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, no, it, it's cheap. So. There's always like gut rot alcohol, you know, somewhere. Well, I found this six dollar whiskey. I think I I might have mentioned it in a previous episode. No, because that sounds every terrible. time I go in it, it's <laughs> it's great. And I I find every time I go in to buy liquor for me, I just pick up like two of the six dollar bottles. Uh huh. Because you know how we just talked about. When you get a little bump in pay or something goes on sale, well, then you just buy a little extra of it. Yeah. And you don't even notice it and it doesn't hurt you. So when alcohol went from $25 a bottle to 15 a bottle, now when I go buy my $15 bottle, I buy a $6 bottle to go mm-hmm. with it. And the $6 bottle I just set on the shelf and I have a little stack of whiskey. Now you're like, well, how would you know which $6 bottle of whiskey is going to be worth drinking? Well, it turns out you just wait for the old men to come in. Ah. And they come in and they go to it. And, and I'm standing there and I just keep seeing two bottles, two bottles, two bottles. Everybody comes over, buys a couple bottles and walks out. And I'm like, well, I know I can barter with that guy anyway in the end of the world. Right. And I brought it home, grabbed the wife, was like, try this. Tell me how bad it is. And we both had some shots and we were like, not bad. And I'm just saying they don't call me an aristocrat for nothing. Uh-huh. And yeah, well, maybe I'm a little bit snobby. I've saying, I've had some terrible whiskey in my, my life and I try and stay away from it, but you bring up a good point. Doesn't mean you have to drink that six dollar bottle of of whiskey. You can have that on the shelf, you know, sitting somewhere ready ready for an emergency. You know, and I think I think everybody keeping a small bottle of, of whiskey around for emergencies is that's a smart idea. And by small bottle, you mean 35 to a hundred, right? <laughs> <clears throat> 35 to a hundred backups. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I mean, I figure here's, here's how that plays out. Right. So either I'm at the point where I'm like, you know, a $6 bottle of whiskey sounds pretty good about right now. Or I'm like, I have a great barter item, Mm -hmm. you know, so it goes either way, you know, and, and Hey, like I said, 
And now this goes back to the train like you fight. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that, that's that's that. So if you guys have thoughts on cheap liquor that I could get, one, you could share it in the Facebook group, um, Prepping Badass group on Facebook. We also have a uh, page that's, uh, I think, facebook.com slant Prepping Badass is the page. Uh, you have ideas, thoughts, concerns, comments. You could let us know on there where we can get our uh, cheap whiskey and what's the go-to. That would be appreciated. Uh, maybe you want to email Kevin and tell him that he's too much of a, uh, you know, aristocrat himself that he won't, you know, he's too much. He's of a not going to survive the apocalypse. <laughs> I don't even know how he's going to make it through. Maybe you want to comment on that. You could shoot him an email at preppingbadass at gmail.com. Now, we do get actually a decent amount of emails. Um, we get about probably, I don't know, I think it's about 10 or 15 emails a week. And sometimes we see stuff and laugh. And, and it's funny because sometimes I forget to respond or whatever because it's I read it and I'm like, that deserves like a big, you know, right, explanation. And, I think about it for a minute. and I'm like, I'm going to get to that. And then I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I got eight more and I forgot. And, and you know, oh, I, I never got back to that guy. And then I feel like a dick, you know? So if we're letting you down, um, I'm sorry. We do absolutely read them all and we appreciate them. And I really am trying to get back to them all. And that's the thing. Sometimes, you know, like I had mentioned Tim or whatever, it was like he hit everything that Kevin was preaching on. And I'm like, Kevin's got to read that one and get back to him. And, you know, I feel like a jerk if, you know, I don't want to cut him short. So, but then Kevin procrastinates and is a jackass, leaves the guy hanging, you know, hey. What you going to do? We're doing what we can do, right? That's it. We're all trying. So anyway, basically think of the downside, maybe separate your stores, put things in separate areas. Have some, you know, the goat bug out bag in your car that, you know, the get home bag. So what happens? You're on vacation. Have a way to get home. Um, Have a plan when you go somewhere. Have a fallback position maybe for your property. You know, maybe you got a buddy. Kevin was saying maybe not right next door. Maybe you got a buddy 15 miles away. I got to say in the apocalypse, 15 miles, that's in a whole new neighborhood. You know, Mm -hmm. that's a new part of town. So have a backup plan, have that water storage. When you live in the desert, have the fire extinguisher in your kitchen, right? These are the things that matter and they're going to save your ass. Have some backup ammo, have carry a gun with you. What? I know it sounds wrong and it's very scary right now, but carry that shit. And with that, stay safe. We'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm-hmm.